Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Versatility Podcast. For today's episode, I'm going to recap week 15 of the NFL regular season. And uh, of course, other things that happened during the weekend. Um, it's officially winter break. Uh, we are getting closer and closer to Christmas. Uh, we're in the holiday season. So hopefully everybody's been enjoying their winter break. Uh, even if you're working or not, uh, in school or not, hopefully, hopefully you will enjoy Christmas in just a few days, man. We're only three days away from Christmas Day, basketball, uh, spending time with our family and friends. So definitely a fun time to have um, this week. And of course, New Year's happening by the end of the year, of course, next week. So hopefully we, we enjoy those uh, those days and, you know, get to spend time with family, with friends, uh, enjoy the moment, you know. Obviously now with the whole COVID thing now retaking over once again, making a comeback, uh, it's not looking uh, great, unfortunately. Uh, things were getting better, now things look like they're going to go into shit again. So pray for that. Uh, that will be resolved at some point. We just praise God that uh, you know we all stay safe and we don't have to worry about that. Anyways, let's transition. Of course, let's talk about the NBA scores. Go over the scores from all the way back from Thursday, December 16th. So let's go back to Thursday. So the Pacers defeat the Pistons 122-113. to The Nets defeat the Sixers 114-105. The Suns defeat the Wizards 118-98. The Knicks defeat the Rockets 116-103. Friday, December 17th, the Heat defeat the Magic 115-105. The Warriors defeat the Celtics 111-107. The Pelicans defeat the Bucks 116 and 112 in overtime. The Nuggets defeat the Hawks 133 to 115. The Spurs defeat the Jazz 128 to 126. The Grizzlies defeat the Kings 124 to 105. The Lakers lose to the Timberwolves 92 to 110. The Blazers they defeat the Hornets 125 to 116. On Saturday, December 18th, we had the Rockets defeating the Pistons 116 and 107. The Celtics defeating the Knicks 114 and 107. The Raptors defeating the Warriors 119 to 100. The Cavaliers defeating the Bucks by damn near 30 points 119 to 90. The Clippers losing to the Thunder 104 to 103. The Magic beating the Thunder. The Magic defeating the Nets, excuse me, 193. The Wizards defeating the Jazz 109 to 103. And Sunday we had the Pistons defeating the Heat 100 to 90. The Blazers defeating the Grizzlies 105 to 100. The Bulls defeating the Lakers 115 to 110. The Kings defeating the Spurs 121 to 114. The Suns defeating the hell out of the Hornets 137 to 106. The Timberwolves defeating the Mavericks 111 to 105. Then Monday, December 20th, the Sixers defeating the Celtics 108 to 103. The Rockets losing to the Bulls 133 to 118. The Jazz defeating the Hornets 112 to 102. The Thunder defeat the Grizzlies 102 to 99. The Wizards didn't even play, but the Warriors defeat the Kings 113-98, and the Clippers lose to the Spurs 116-92. And then yesterday we had the Pistons losing to the Knicks 105-91. The Pacers lose to the Heat 125-96. The Pelicans defeat the Blazers 111-97. The Timberwolves they lose to the Mavericks 114-102, and then the Suns, they defeat the Lakers 108-90. We have five games today. We have the Cavaliers versus the Celtics, and we have the Magic versus the Hawks. Also, we have the Nuggets and the Thunder, Rockets and Bucks, and then the Clippers and Knicks. And then tomorrow, we have more games. We have Hawks, Sixers, Rockets, Pacers, Wizards, Knicks, 
Pelican's Magic, Heat Pistons, Thunder Spurs, um, or not, excuse me, Spurs, Lakers, Thunder Suns, Warriors versus Grizzlies, Hornets versus Nuggets, and then Jazz, Timberwolves, and then Bucks, Mavericks. And then on Christmas, um, there's still uh, potentially only three games on Christmas. Supposedly, it's only going to be the 2.30, the 5, and the 8 p.m. games. So there might be no Hawks-Knicks games at 12 or the Mavericks-Jazz game at 10.30. Hopefully, they could still keep those games because I obviously do want to wake up in the morning. And by noon, I want to be watching basketball. And then by midnight, I want to be watching basketball. So, yeah, uh, hopefully they have all five games playing on Saturday for Christmas Day because I love waking up in the morning opening whatever presents I got because, you know, I'm getting older, so I'm not expecting a lot of presents. But still, having fun, you know, enjoy. It's Christmas time, so, and uh, spend time with the family and watching basketball. It's nothing better than that. And obviously drinking some some, some hot chocolate, you know, candy canes, you know, just enjoying, just enjoying the time. But uh, hopefully those five games could still happen on Saturday. Obviously there won't be games on Friday because it will be Christmas Eve, December 24th, so. I'll talk about the, the standings tomorrow. I'll go over the standings tomorrow. Let's go over some of the events that happened over the weekend. So first, I guess we'll start with boxing. And the only fight that we had this weekend, we had Jake Paul. Remember that guy? Jake Paul taking on Tyron Woodley for the second time. This is the series fought this season or this year. And um, yeah, what a boring Fight, but Jake Fall, Jake, Jake Fall, unbelievable. Jake Paul was able to knock out Tyron Woodley in the sixth round with a vicious, and I mean absolute vicious knockout in the sixth round. I mean, people are clowning Tyron Woodley by the way that that man took that punch. Oh man, but it was a beautiful punch for Jake Paul. I'm not even gonna lie, I am not a fan of Jake Paul at all, but. Wow, what a what a punch. What a fucking punch that was. It you can tell that that shit was really I'm looking pictures at the knockout and videos and stuff at the moment and um yeah, it's 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 insane. He really put him to sleep. Night night Tyron Woodley, but the man woke up the next day still in the ring unconscious. Yeah, um now again, this fight was not the prettiest fight. Uh, I think earlier in the fight, I believe it was like in the third or fourth round, Tyron Woodley was was making Jake Paul bleed pretty much um, from the nose and from the mouth. Kind of like that Deji fight where he was pretty much just attacking, attacking, but couldn't knock him out until, of course, Jake Paul did in the sixth round. And it did look like this fight could go the distance up until the sixth round, but obviously after that knockout, yeah, it was it was it was a wrap. Is this fight rigged? Is everybody saying is this fight rigged? Is it look? I do not care. Uh, it most let's be honest. It probably is rigged. I'm not gonna confirm it is or not. I'm not gonna state that I believe it's rigged or not. In the end of the day, both motherfuckers got a bag. And also, a very suspicious thing that Tyron Woodley is doing. He's basically just telling his fans to meme himself of the knockout. Like he's asking fans. To like make edits of him getting knocked out on the fight. So that is just one huge suspicious thought to have. And not a bad idea. Or come to a conclusion where, you know, this man was probably just 
doing it for the money. Did not even give a shit about winning this fight. Uh, and probably just took that knockout and just kind of just took it like a man. I don't know. Uh, or maybe Tyron Woodley is just that much of a warrior that he, even him getting embarrassedly knocked out like that, that won't stop him from like, that won't hurt his ego or anything, you know. So, I don't know. But that doesn't doesn't that feel like what boxers don't typically do? They won't be like, like if I got knocked out, do you think I'm going to tell my fans, yo, uh, I want y'all to make edits of me? Basically humiliating me and embarrassing me even more and making more memes out of it. You know, I definitely would not like that. Even if that was my way of trying to get clout or trying to get more money or try to scam people or anything. Uh, I would think of other ways to do it, not by embarrassing myself even more. But either way, the fight happened. I mean, I didn't get to pay, you know. I'm, I'm glad I, I don't pay to watch fights anymore. I could watch these motherfucking fights for free. So, you know, I'm glad I did not have to pay any money to watch this shit online. And um, it was all right. It was a decent fight. It happened here in Tampa. or in, I mean, I'm not in Tampa, but I'm in Florida. So, yeah, it happened here in, in, in Florida. So, big event in Tampa. Congratulations to Jake Paul. Now, he still, in my opinion, still has to fight a boxer. I will give him that. He has fought fighters. He's knocked out every fighter that he knocked out all the fighters that he's faced, but he has not fought someone around his age who's still an active boxer, who's a boxer, a boxer, not an, a former MMA fighter, not two former MMA fighters, not a NBA fucking Dunk legend. Not a fucking... Who else did he fight that I'm forgetting? Did he fight a... I mean, besides Edgy, did he fight another YouTuber? He fought two YouTubers, an NBA star, and then two retired MMA fighters. Okay, he's he's fought fighters. Whether they're MMA, boxing, whatever. They, they're still fighters. They can still knock people out. But... Are they boxers? They don't they don't partake in boxing because they're not boxers. They're MMA fighters. They attack more than just their hands. They do kicks. They 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 pretty much just do all their entire body basic basically just forcing themselves to fight in whatever way possible. But boxing is all about the motherfucking hands. All about the best hands. All about who can get these punches through. And obviously Tyron may not have the best uh Stamina or the best balance for that, or the best technique for boxing at all. So, yeah, congratulations to Jake Paul. Uh, another victory, but I'm still waiting for him to fight an actual boxer. So, yeah, well, I don't know when that's gonna happen, but all right, we'll have to wait and see. Next, uh, let's also talk about this new Roddy Rich album, Live Life Fast, that came out. On Friday, um, I've I've been listening to the album, but it's really just me trying to enjoy the album. But I've just come to a conclusion that it's just it's just it's just not for me. It's just not for me. Yeah, this Roddy Rich album is is not good. It, it, it's not good in my opinion. I did not like this album at all. Um, 
yeah, I'm massively disappointed with this project and just a lot of a lot of it. Let's talk about it. So Live Life Fast this is his sophomore album. This is the second studio album that he released. This is a follow-up of the 2019 album that he dropped. Uh, <clears throat> uh, please excuse me for being antisocial, which was a great album, in my opinion, was like an 8 out of 10. Nine, damn, fuck it, I'll give it a 9 out of 10. That was a really good album. An album with no skips, literally. So, yeah, every song was enjoyable. However, this song, I mean, this album was just not not that yeah look the, the features don't really stand out in my opinion the production is not that good it's just okay the cover out the cover art is probably one of the best things on this entire album though i'll give him that but that has nothing to do with the music it's just i feel like the traits the the things that really he embodied on the studio album on his debut studio album with um, please excuse me for being antisocial. It was really just his melodies and his vocal performance. I mean, he had great vocal performance on almost on pretty much every song on that album. But on this one, he just kind of felt lazy. He didn't really feel like he was really working his ass off. He didn't create melodies that interesting. He created some lazy ass hooks, like songs like Roller Coasting, Crash the Party, uh, Man Made, Everything You Need. Like, there's some really bad hooks on this album. But on, please excuse me for being that social, like that have so many songs that have a great, like, that also have a great melody, that has a great hook, and the verses are consistent. I mean, goddamn, Big Stepper, obviously The Box, High Fashion, you know, uh, Tiptoe War Baby, oh my god. Like, those songs have something, even Start With Me, Start With Me is not my favorite song off that album, but it's a banger, and it has a pretty decent chorus, you know? And the features on the album are actually you know, decent, like, uh, Meek Mill was a great, um, piece on, on Peta, Gunna was good on that one, um, Tight Eye Sign was great on Backseat, A Boogie was cool on Tiptoe, like, the features stand out on this, on that project, but then on this one, like, let's go over each track, I mean, the introduction was cool, Tight Eye Sign vocals was alright, Thailand was a decent song, the beat was alright, I guess it's the only song that I could kinda go back and listen to, but, it's not really that memorable, in my opinion. All good with Future. Future was all right. At best, uh, the hook is okay. It's just nothing crazy. Roller Coasting has to be one of the worst songs on the project. Horrible chorus. I don't remember anything from the verses. Just a forgettable song. Hibachi with Kodak and 21. Okay. That's it. it the production was kind of bad, too. Paid My Dues with Takeoff. Shit song. I am not a fan of that one at all. Not not for either for either or. Crash the Party was bad. No way with Jamie Foxx was kind of like an interlude. And Jamie Foxx was it was just his voice. He was just speaking. He wasn't even singing or anything. So that was just him being an appearance on the track. Slow it down. It was an interlude kind of. So he kind of just had the harmonization and that's it. But everything else was not all right. With you know, with the whole production, it just didn't fit in my opinion. Man made, I'll be honest with you, I don't really remember this one that much, but I just remember like one part of the song goes something like "Give a pipe, yes, shoddy wet eggs, something bleach, some uh, fun at me." Like I don't know, it just it just didn't sound good to me. Uh, Murder one with five year four, and I was expecting this one to be a banger. I mean, this is a drill anthem, you know. At this point, if five year four is on it. But he was not that good on the song either, man. And Roddy Rich just doesn't doesn't really fit with drill. That's not his style. 
So, five or four, and and even the drill, like even the beat wasn't even that good. I'll be honest with you. I heard so many better drill beats. It just wasn't that entertaining. Everything you need, okay. Move to Miami with little baby. I guess it's okay. Little baby was all right. Uh, Don't I with Ghana? Okay. BB's interlude is an interlude, so it's all right. More than a trend. At first, I did like it, but it kind of, kind of like just decreased by a bit. Late at night, even though it wasn't the best lead single, it's definitely one of the best songs off the album, which just sucks to say. But you know, it was it wasn't the best song, but uh, to to probably release prior. But when it comes to now, finally realizing that this album just isn't that great. Yeah, maybe Late at Night was a good example. Maybe it was a good, perfect lead-off single to kind of lead things off. And then 25 Million, which is probably the banger of the album. That's cool. I'll give it that. It's all right. It's a good song. I'll, I'll listen to 25 Million. But other than 25 Million, Late at Night, uh, Move to Miami, probably. Um, and then Thailand. I won't go back to any other song on the album. Maybe, maybe Don't I with Gunna, because I don't really remember it that much. I have to go back and forth. But that's the thing, man. That was the first time that I heard it, and I legit only liked one song. The first time I heard the album, I only liked one song. Now I've gotten to four songs that I've liked after listening to it maybe like two, uh, three times. Three times, because it's, it's almost been a week. But again, it's something memorable, and I kind of go back and play 30 seconds of each song just to see if I fuck with some part or anything to keep my focus back on the project. Nothing, man. It's just not a good album, man. Highly, one of the most disappointing projects of 2021. This is definitely going to be on one of the worst uh, albums on the year. And it just sucks, man. I'm a big fan of Roddy Rich, But to me, this album is is uh, is not consistent, man. It just is all over the place. But it just doesn't follow anything either, you know. And I wasn't expecting this to be better than... Um, I don't really have expectations for albums to be better than their previous bodies of work i just expect it to be good like i didn't expect this album to be better than uh, please excuse me for being anti-social that's a really tough album to be to complete and to surpass but if it's not even entertaining or if it doesn't contain some of the balances of what you put on that project and you know and we didn't hear a lot of singing a lot of singing uh roddy rich i think a lot of his harmonies and his melodies is what makes him stand out i mean on pure souls on Donna, I mean, holy shit, he really bodied that. And because his melodies and his 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 a tune, his tune was great, sounded fantastic, and he just fit the vibe on that song, fit the vibe perfectly for the chorus and for the verse. But none of that on this album just kind of showed it, you know. And his rapping is cool; he has a decent flow, but some hooks he created on this album just weren't it. Some, you know, everything else was kind of just. Live life fast, but I guess he just put that in perspective on the album and just basically put this shit out there. I, I don't know. It's really nothing too consistent for me to 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 go through. It's not a project that I'm really gonna go back to anytime soon, and it disappoints me, man. I'm a big Roddy Rich fan. It just sucks that I just won't enjoy this album as much as the other albums, even like his mixtapes and Feed the Streets. One and two, like, were better, so. Yeah. But anyways, let's get uh, let's get to the next part of the episode. And we'll talk about the new Juice World documentary. So, um, 
the label, well, not the label, but uh, there was a new documentary that was dropped uh, a couple days ago on the, the on HBO Max. It was called Music Box Juice World Into the Abyss. So, yeah, uh, I did see the uh, the documentary yesterday, and let me give you my thoughts on the on the um, on the film. Well, it was about almost two hours long. The documentary it was mostly just footages of him in the studio working on music um just just kind of getting a, a a a snoop of what uh his life is pretty much when he's not on um, you know doing interviews or doing shows i mean obviously you'd see footages uh of him doing interviews and him doing um shows and everything but you also see him in the studio working on music you see him on the private plane talking you see him doing fuck shit what at random shit um and it, it was mostly filmed from the from the cap from his cameraman. So most of the footage was just him following Juice World and just you know catching up, of uh, you know basically vlogging or whatever his his daily life. Uh, it wasn't really the, of those documentaries where it was mostly just people talking about Juice World. You kind of got that in the beginning, and then you get that towards the end when people were like describing the day when he passed away and what happened and everything. But everything else, like all that in between, it was just him in the, in, you know, him uh, obviously doing a lot of drugs, him in the studio making music, whether it was him making the songs that he's released and became one of his biggest songs or just leak songs that are probably on YouTube or SoundCloud or uh, whatever that you can leak, um, they can find and figure it out. I mean, some of those leak songs, I didn't even hear them and I was trying to get, uh, I, I think I have to go back and try to find them. Because uh, some of them did look seem uh, were actually were pretty fire, so I gotta see if I can find those leaks on YouTube or somewhere. But yeah, that's not the point. But yeah, I mean the, the whole the whole documentary just kind of felt very eerie to me, man. It was there was definitely a lot of moments. Um, There's definitely a couple moments in the documentary that just made me feel like you know frustrated with how how it happened. Like you know, like there's you see there was a it was like almost towards the end of the documentary there was a a, a scene what was basically juice world and his well, I mean, his, you know his his crew his girlfriend you know his cameraman his friends whatever they're on their way to chicago back to chicago um but they were by like arizona somewhere there was like a map and it was you know obviously telling them where they were at the moment in the year but anyways and, you know, Juice World was obviously taking a Percocet. Um, there was a scene where he basically was just pouring pills to wake up in the morning to go to sleep. And then during the day, just, yeah. And then in that scene specifically where he's on the private plane, like you see him kind of just falling asleep and getting drowsy. He's like asking the cameraman questions like, oh, bro, like, you, you know, you can tell he's just not good. And then. He wakes up and then does more drugs and he pops another pill and then like uses the, that the the bottle and he kind of like makes him like an old character, like a cartoon character. Like, oh, I'm perky. I missed him. You know, like typical shit when you're all fucked up and you're high and, you know, you can't control yourself and whatever. And then um, there's even a part where he even asks the cameraman, like, hey, you want to you want to you want to you want to take a perk? Can you Tell me something. I was like, fuck it. Just because, you know, I'm with you, you know, it's like, if you don't take the perk, 
from juice where if you said no it's like a problem it's like no nigga i don't want the i don't want the perk you know it would be like an issue if you told juice for no i don't want i don't want that perk that you're giving me you know it's like disrespectful in a way and it, it was just like really really tough to watch like damn you know even him kind of just like I'm not gonna say Juice was forcing his friends or forcing his people around him to do drugs with him, but that certainly didn't help because obviously you could see that the people around him were doing drugs with him. It wasn't he wasn't the only one. I mean, you could see the cameraman. You could see, I mean, of course his girlfriend was you know pretty much almost in the same predicament. I mean, his girlfriend did tell him to you know stop. Uh, what was it? I think it was stop taking. It wasn't Percocet, but I think it was him to stop doing lean because there was another scene where he basically was telling people, yo, can you pour me a four? Which basically means like four ounces of lean, which is basically what you can fit that in a, in a, in a Sprite bottle, in an entire Sprite bottle, which is basically makes the whole bottle purple, drank, purple drank, you know, and basically drinking Sprite grape juice, which is not delicious it's it's the opposite of that it's just um yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of content about that a lot of mixing drugs a lot of t popping pills a lot of pouring lean a lot of smoking it was just a lot of contamination of drugs man and then when they were talking about the day when he was um, taking that private plane back to chicago the day that he passed away was like in the middle of the night, they're on their way on a private plane, going back to the Chicago airport. He got out the, the the plane, and he was basically just, you know, having a seizure. And he was trying to, you know, contain himself. The, the paramedics came through, took him to the hospital, and obviously there he he passed away. And it was, this is a tragedy, man. It was just a tragedy. And obviously after what they found, footages of what the, what he had on the plane. I mean, what, he had 70 pounds of weed. He had tons of other, he had tons of prescription drugs and obviously illegal kinds of shit. He had firearms. He had a bunch of other shit, man. And yeah, I mean, overall, the concept of the, of this film is just like describing what he used the drugs as for. Like the, the drugs were a part of him. Like it wasn't that he just took drugs, got fucked up and overdosed or whatever. I mean, obviously that's what ended up happening, but. You can see that drugs was a part of his lifestyle, man. I mean, obviously, it, it's it's a part of it's a huge topic in his music. It's probably what he's obviously only known for in his music, just about drugs and and it just sucks that that made him hit. That made him him. That made him a part of his his image as a rapper, as a person, and just became who he was. Like it wasn't just uh, something that he would do occasionally. It wouldn't be something that he would just do on his own time or, or is responsible or not too into it or at least is not has it has a certain control over it. No, man, he was completely obsessed with it. And he completely I mean, he had an addiction problem. He he just continued to to just. And it's just insane that, you know, I think I'm not going to put the blame, obviously, on Juice War or anything, because again, but. And this can go for a lot of other rappers, you know, Future and, you know, probably is another rapper that comes up to mind. But but obviously just, like, for me personally, um, 
again, look, let me let me let me be clear on this. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Juice World, in the end of the day, he was a grown ass man. Died very young, and he should have never died. He died a legend, you know. And it just sucks that we lost such a talent like Juice World, and it just <clears throat> and it just ended up being the way it ended up being with him, you know, passing away with all his struggles and and him barely getting help, if not any help. Um, but really, just the documentary of really just what he put in the world was pure positivity and just motivating yourself to do whatever you want in the world. But obviously a part of his music was really like about that lifestyle. And obviously his fans, he has a cult fan base, you know, he will, Juice World says something, he, their fans will do it like to the fullest extent, which I think is just a huge influence towards, you know, anybody who listens to Juice World. I mean, of course he can't control the people that he, you know, influences too. So he can talk about drugs and all that and all that. But he can't make a a, a seven year old, you know, stop from from listening to Juice World or making him think, oh, maybe it's cool to drink lean, you know. But that was a huge part of his influence was that drug talk. It was just really just part of his image, and that's what a lot of people really just related him to for. And obviously, I'm not saying that Juice World is the reason why his fan base is following his footsteps and kind of just doing drugs and doing the exact thing same thing it's also about overcoming it and fighting demons and trying to put that to the side but as you know that 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 couldn't happen man he got stuck into the abyss which was just like is it, it was a hole where he couldn't escape and he was just constantly doing it because he just couldn't see himself fighting it no matter how hard he tried it was such a deep thought a deep meaning behind that for the people who like are stuck and getting addicted to, to drugs and shit, it just it forces you somewhere where you you can't get out of and even if you get help and stuff, it just it feels like you just are trapped and you just can't get nothing out of it. And for Juice World that was really just the case. And unfortunately, you know how, how it ended, it sucked, man. But you know, rest in peace, Juice World. Um this is also a message to people who watch the documentary. I mean, look, man, don't do drugs, man. Like, how many rappers have we lost to, to drugs? And I mean, let's not talk about the violence, but just about drugs. Like, like for me personally, obviously, you know, I'm not an advocate for drugs or anything. I don't smoke. I don't do any of that shit. But personally, for me, like, drugs are never the solution in the end of the day. Even if you think that's the solution for you to feel better, if it, it feels like it takes you out of your misery for certain things, at some point you, you can use that as an escape plan and you won't escape. You won't you won't get out of it. You'll become addicted and you might turn into to juice world and you know pass away and, and, and become into and part become part of into into the abyss. You just can't get out of, and you just be stuck in a hole, and you can't fight it. And it just you don't want to end up like that. You don't want to be fighting demons. You don't want to be end up in the same headspace as as him, whereas other people who also struggle with with drug addiction and alcohol addiction. You know. So in the end of the day, like I'm not saying you can't do 
alcohol. I'm not saying you can't drink. I'm not saying you can't smoke weed. I'm not saying you can't pop a perk. I'm not saying I'm not saying that you can't do any of that. Because at the end of the day, you're a grown ass man or woman. You make your own damn decisions for yourself. But if I had to give you my opinion or my suggestion, I think it's not a bad thing to try. It's not a bad thing to at least figure out what your experience is when you take your, the drug or whatever. But obviously, being addicted to that is not gonna do good for you. And you know, and you and you're definitely gonna need people. To help you out with that, you know, you can't be alone and be addicted to, to drugs, man. That will fuck you up even more. You need to have people that really care about you and and stuff. And I'm not saying that Juice Ward also didn't have people that didn't care about him. His friends, I mean, his friends and people around him were also struggling. I can tell they were struggling to even just for. I bet for one of his fans, one of his friends, to tell him, "No, I'm not. I'm not popping a perk with you. I'm not drinking lean today." It would be something disrespectful towards him. And he didn't want to do that, you know. But in the end of the day, look what it got him, man. But no, man. Anyways, yeah, man. Rest in peace, Juice World. Um, I did, I did like the documentary though. It wasn't a bad documentary. I did enjoy it. It just was pretty, pretty off-putting, you know, from from the message and everything. But I think just people watch this can learn, can learn and see how, you know, a rapper and how this really could affect someone's life and really. It became a part of him, man. It became drugs became a part of Juice World, of who he is as a person. Not just it wasn't just a a, a, a persona. It it wasn't just a figure he did in in his music. It was it was just him as a person, man. So, yeah, man. Rest in peace, of Juice World. Um, yeah, nine 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 for life. Anyways, let's transition to week fifteen and recap. All the games for week 15. So yesterday was Tuesday. And we had football on Tuesday. Yes. Uh, I got to go over these games pretty quickly. Because I am uh, I am pretty far behind. So the Chiefs, they defeated the Chargers 34-28. to 28. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 31 for 47. 410 yards, 3 touchdowns, 1 interception. Uh, rushing touchdown for Michael Burton. And a receiving touchdown for Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, the Chiefs were able to get the victory against the Chargers on uh, Thursday Night Football in overtime by a game-winning touchdown from Travis Kelsey. The Chargers, Justin Herbert, 22 for 38, 236 yards, two touchdowns, interception, and a rushing touchdown for Austin Heckler and Justin Herbert, and then a receiving touchdown for Keenan Allen. So, yep, the Chargers need to get the win next week so they can take care of of a playoff picture uh continue being in that playoff picture and still fighting for a playoff spot they're still right now i believe second place in the afc west but if the chiefs win next week and the chargers lose next week or this week um to the texans then it will be game over but the chargers have a game against the texans so that should be easy but i'll talk about that tomorrow i'll make my week 16 predictions episode tomorrow because there's football tomorrow and week 15 didn't even end until yesterday. So, yeah. Let's also talk about the only one Saturday game that we had. It was supposed to be two. But one of those games actually happened yesterday. So, the only Saturday game we had, we had the Patriots taking on the Colts. And the Colts, they upset at the Patriots 27-17. to I told y'all. Mac Jones, 26 for 45, 299 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. 
Those two touchdowns were to Hunter Henry. And then for the Colts, Carson Wentz, 5 for 12, 57 yards, a touchdown and interception. And the touchdown for Jonathan Taylor, he had 170 yards and a receiving touchdown for Naeem Himes. So, yeah, JT is a beast. JT for MVP, very, very possible. Jonathan Taylor has been nothing but incredible this year. He has been electric for the Colts. He has been carrying their offense. The Colts have been incredibly consistent so far in the last couple games. Um, and they've been playing really good football. Now, they go up against the Cardinals on Saturday on Christmas Day. So that's going to be a tough game. But definitely possible that they can win the rest of the, the games remaining on their schedule. But yeah, man. This uh this Colts team is pretty dangerous. And they defeated the Patriots, who have a great offense, who have a great defense. So it was a pretty big game for the Colts to win. And yeah, the Colts, they defeat the Patriots 27-17. Next game, we got the Tennessee Titans losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers 19-13. So yeah, Ryan Tannehill, 23 for 32, 153 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, a rushing touchdown for Ryan Tannehill. And then the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, 16 for 25, 148 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. But he had a rushing touchdown, um, Ben Roethlisberger himself. So, yeah, the Steelers were able to get the victory against the Titans. But that was because the Titans were playing awful, awful in the second half. They were just not playing good offensively, defensively. Um, and they basically got the Steelers back in position to win the game. The Steelers took over in that second half, and they were able to overcome that deficit they were having. They were down by 10 in the end of the first half, entering the second half. But they were able to unravel 16 points to take the victory. And so obviously now the Steelers are 7-6-1, and one, and while the Titans are now 9-5. So, yeah, the Steelers still in playoff position, but we'll have to wait and see how Week 16 turns out. So, yeah, we'll see. Next game, we have the Carolina Panthers taking on the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills were able to get the victory against Carolina. 31-34 to at Cam Noon. 18 for 38. 156 yards. A touchdown and interception. A rushing touchdown for Cam Noon. And a receiving touchdown for Amir Abdullah. And then for the Bills, Josh Allen. 19 for 34. 210 yards. Three touchdowns. One interception. A rushing touchdown for Devin Singletary. And then two receiving touchdowns for Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs. So, yeah, the Bills were able to easily take a win against the Panthers. The Panthers have been struggling offensively or just in general because they've been pretty bad since Cam Newton became the starting quarterback. And the Bills, even though they have been very inconsistent, they showed a pretty promising game offensively and defensively against the Panthers. But, again, the Panthers have been struggling, so that doesn't really say so much for the Bills. The Bills next week, they go up against the Patriots, so that's going to be a tough game for them after losing to the Patriots after, you know, Mac Jones only had 19 yards and only three attempts, and they still lost that game basically to that run defense was booty cheeks. So hopefully next uh, next week when they go up against the Patriots, it's going to be a, a much different ball game than it was in week 13. Anyway, so yeah, the Bills, they defeat the Panthers 31-40. to uh, 31 to 14, excuse me. Next game, we had the battle of the two shitty teams in the AFC 
North, I mean AFC West, my bad. AFC South, holy shit. AFC South between the Texans and the Jaguars. Yeah, the Texans were able to get the victory against the Jaguars, 30-16. to Davis Mills, 19 for 30, 209 yards, two touchdowns, one reception, two touchdowns for Brandon Cooks. And then for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, 22 for 38, 210 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, a rushing touchdown for James Robinson. Now it's all the action for the Jaguars. So, yeah, Jaguars, ass cheeks, Texans, ass cheeks. Both teams are ass cheeks, but the best team in this game went to the Texans. So the Jaguars are the more shittier team than uh, than the than the Texans, I'm, I'm assuming, from that game. Because the Jaguars are that much of a bad team. They can't even beat the Texans. Yeah, rough, rough year for both teams. Tragic. Just tragic. Next game, we got the Dallas Cowboys taking on the New York Giants. And the Cowboys were able to easily defeat the Giants 21-6. Dak Prescott, 28 for 37, 217 yards. A touchdown, zero interceptions. Ezekiel Elliott, a touchdown, a rushing touchdown for him himself and then Dalton Schultz also had a receiving touchdown for the Giants they had an amazing game 13 for 24 for Mike Glendale or uh, Mike Glennon excuse me 99 yards zero touchdowns three interceptions and also Jake Fromm entered the game with six out of 12 attempts and 82 yards zero touchdowns zero interceptions so the Giants had a very very good game psych I'm kidding the Cowboys had a pretty decent game didn't destroy the Giants but I mean pretty Easily defeated them. Uh, defensively, were on their ass. Uh, offensively, though, of course, the, the Giants didn't allow that many uh, points. But still, 21. While well, that defense was also not pretty, you know, good this entire year and hasn't been good for a little while. Not convincing. The Giants are a bad team. And the Cowboys look like they are going to win the AFC, the NFC East. So, Yeah. The Cowboys, they take the win against the Giants. Next game, we got the New York Jets taking on the Miami Dolphins. So the Miami Dolphins were able to get the victory against the Jets. 31-24, Zach Wilson, 13-23, for 170 yards, 0 touchdowns, 0 interceptions. A rushing touchdown for Zach Wilson and for Braxton Berrios. And then for the Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa. 16 for 27, 196 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. And those two rushing touchdowns were to Duke Johnson and a receiving touchdown for Devontae Parker and Christian Wilkins. So the Dolphins, they continue their winning streak, and they're now 7-7. Seven and seven. They're still right now in the AFC playoff picture. They need to keep winning games. I'm so proud of the Dolphins, but they still need to win these next three games. It doesn't get any easier, though, because... They go up against the Saints in New Orleans on Monday night football on the 27th. So it's going to be a pretty, pretty important game for the Dolphins. They need to win that game in New Orleans. Then, of course, they go to Tennessee to play in the Titans. So, yeah, they definitely have three difficult games left for the Dolphins. I think they could do it. So hopefully give them hope and they could do something out of it. Also, we had this amazing game of a turnout. We had the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Detroit Lions. And oh my god, the Detroit Lions, they defeat the Arizona Cardinals 30-12. to What the fuck is wrong with the NFL this year? 
What the hell happened to Arizona? Kyler Murray, 23 for 41, 257 yards, a touchdown, one interception. Uh, the Lions, Jared Koff, oh my God, 21 for 26, 216 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Wow. Um. Yeah, Arizona, you guys lost to the Lions. What is what is there else to say? Do you do y'all really think I'm gonna say that this team is a is a contender, a Super Bowl contender after losing to the fucking Detroit Lions? Yeah, you know what? I, I'm I, I can't I can't I can't trust this Cardinals team anymore. You know what? They've been pretenders for the Super Bowl. You know they they're probably gonna make it to like the NFC Championship game. I won't be surprised. But then to make the Super Bowl, yeah, you know what? I I just don't believe that right now. I don't believe that. Cardinals, if you really think you guys are that team to make the Super Bowl, prove it. Because I ain't going to say that right now. The Cardinals ain't, ain't a team to make the damn Super Bowl at the moment. So, yeah, the Lions, they defeat the Cardinals 30-12. to Upset of the year. Easily upset of the year. So, once again. Can't forget the Detroit Lions getting their second W of the season. Obviously, the best team in the NFL. So, congratulations to them. Next game, we got the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Denver Broncos. The Bengals were able to pretty easily, uh, kind of, it was a kind of ugly game, though, uh, defeat the Broncos 15 to 10. Joe Burrow 15 for 22, 157 yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions, uh, a receiving touchdown for Tyler Boyd. The Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater. 12 for 22, 98 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Drew Locke went 6 for 12, 88 yards, and a touchdown, and a single touchdown went to Tim Patrick, receiving touchdown for him. Yeah, the Broncos' defense was good in this game. The Bengals' defense was also pretty good in this game. But the offense uh, wasn't that impressive for either teams. But, of course, the Bengals were overcoming. They scored nine in the third quarter. They were able to take over from there and shut down that offense for the Broncos. And now they're seven and seven. And while the Bengals are now eight and six, they're definitely in the playoff uh, right now. If if it were to end at the moment, so yeah, the Bengals need to keep winning these games because they're still in very good position to win out and try to win the AFC North. I mean, it's up and down. They're right now tied with the Ravens. At 8-6 at top of the AFC North. So it's definitely possible. So we'll have to wait and see. So yeah, the Bengals, they defeat the Broncos 15-10. to Next game, we got the Atlanta Falcons taking on the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers, they were able to defeat the Falcons 31-13. to Matt Ryan, 19-32, 236 yards. A touchdown, zero interceptions. Uh, Russell Cage had a receiving touchdown. And then for the 49ers... Jimmy Garoppolo, 18 for 23, 235 yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions. A rushing touchdown for Jeffrey Wilson, Debo Samuel, and for Kyle Juszczyk. So, yeah, the 49ers, their offense was electric, and that Falcons defense was not it. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers have been easily one of the hottest teams in football recently. I mean, I mean I've, ever since November, they have been getting better and better and better. I think they've only lost maybe like one game. Since the all right, no two games since November, um, or actually since that Halloween game against the Bears, they've been they've been playing really good. 
I think they've won six out of their last eight games. They've been one of the best teams in the NFL so far. They do play tomorrow against the Titans. So it will be a very important game for the 49ers to win tomorrow. So we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, the 49ers, they were able to defeat the Falcons 31 to 30, 31 to 13. Next game, we got the Green Bay Packers taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Packers, they were able to defeat the Ravens 31 to 30, but it was a very, very close game. The Ravens, yeah, they were pretty close to winning this one, but without Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, 23 for 31, 263 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, a rushing touchdown for A.J. Dillon. Um, yeah, a receiving touchdown for Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and for Marcus Valdez-Scanley. And then for the Ravens, Tyler Huntley, 28 for 40, 215 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Tyler Huntley also had two rushing touchdowns, and Mark Andrews had two receiving touchdowns. So the Ravens were bouncing back around in the fourth quarter, scoring 13. And if they made that two-point conversion with less than 40 seconds left or less than 50 seconds left in the game, could have had the lead and potentially would have won the game and would have upset the Packers without Lamar Jackson. So, yeah. But they've been really not good going for two this year. So, unfortunately, that did not happen. And the Packers got lucky, and they were able to defeat the Ravens by one. Aaron Rodgers had been great this year. Once again, an MVP candidate for sure. And Lamar hopefully can get back healthy. The Ravens are still tied for first but then next week, they go up against the Bengals, the team that they are tied with right now for the division. So whoever wins that game will definitely be at the top of the division for the AFC North. And for the Packers, they clinched the playoff spot and they clinched the NFC North title. Obviously, they're now a playoff team and they are right now the number one seed in the NFC. So let's see if they can continue that to go. Then, of course, we had Monday night or Sunday night football, excuse me. The New Orleans Saints versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Saints, once again, defeat the Buccaneers in the regular season 9 to nothing. The Saints defeat the Buccaneers 9 to nothing. Tom Brady scores an impressive 28 for 48, 214 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. No, nothing productive for the Buccaneers. For the Saints, 13 for 27, 157 yards, 154 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. There was three field goals in this game, and that's it. That's all the offense. The defense, good job. You didn't allow a single touchdown. Either teams did not allow a single touchdown. But guess what? That Buccaneers offense was, oh my goodness, was dreadful, was pathetic. Oh, my God. And unfortunately, they they lost Chris Godwin. He's going to be out for the remainder of the season. So that's a huge blow for the Buccaneers. But, man, they are still loaded on offense. Really isn't that many excuses. And once again, man, Tom Brady is 0-4 against the Saints as a Buccaneer. But then he's 1-0 against them in the playoffs. So, you know. He doesn't beat them in the regular season, but when it comes to the game that matters the most, then Tom Brady's going to end up with the last laugh. But who knows? Maybe the Saints are probably not going to play the, the Buccaneers in the postseason. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah, the Buccaneers, they played pathetic. 
against the Saints last week on Sunday. So they got to play better next week when they go up against the Panthers, even though the Panthers are still struggling. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Next, we have Monday night football or Monday afternoon football. We have the Los Angeles, the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, taking on the Cleveland Browns. And the Raiders were able to defeat the Browns 16 to 14. The Raiders, uh, Derek Carr, 25 for 38, 236 yards, a touchdown interception, um, a touchdown for Brian Edwards. And then for the Browns, Nick Mullins, 20 for 30, 147 yards, a touchdown. And that single touchdown went to Harrison Bryant and then a receiving touchdown for Nick Chubb, who had 91 yards as well and 23 carries. So the Browns, they played all right. Raiders, they played better. They got the game-winning. Uh, I mean, the Browns in the fourth quarter, they scored a touchdown to take the lead, but then the Raiders, with less than 10 seconds to go, they went for the field goal to win the game, and they won the game. They're now 7-7. Seven and seven. Also, the Browns are as well, 7-7. Seven and, seven. and the Raiders are still alive in the AFC West. Now, are they going to surpass the Chargers? I don't think so. And I think the Raiders are probably done. But the Broncos are also there as well. So you never know. But I think it's a wrap for for the Raiders and for the Broncos at this point. But they still get the W against the Browns. A very important win for them. So yeah, they beat the Browns 16-14. Next game, finally, we have Monday Night Football between the Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears. And the Bears, they lost this one 17-9. I mean, pretty convincingly. Kirk, Kirk Cousins, 20, uh, 12 for 24, 87 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And those two touchdowns were Amir Smith-Marset and then Justin Jefferson. And for the Bears, uh, Justin Fields, 26 for 39, 285 yards, a touchdown. And that single touchdown went to Jesper Horstead. Yeah, the Bears, not a good team. They're not going to be making it to the postseason this year. The Vikings still fighting for a playoff spot. Um, Vikings offense is still looking pretty productive. The Vikings next week, they go up against the Rams on Sunday. So that's going to be a tough game for them. But getting closer, getting closer for the Vikings for a playoff picture. And then finally, we had two games yesterday for Tuesday night games. Um, These two games were supposed to be played, obviously, on Sunday. But due to COVID protocols and the game being postponed, they, uh, of course, uh, replaced it for yesterday. So first game we had, we had the Washington football team taking on the Philadelphia Eagles and the Eagles were able to defeat the Washington football team 27 to 17. Garrett Gilbert 20 for 31, 194 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, a rushing touchdown for Antonio Gibson and Jared Patterson. And then for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts 20 for 26, 296 yards, a touchdown and interception, and then two rushing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts and a receiving touchdown for Greg Ward the th- Jr. So, yeah, the Eagles have been playing good, man. They have still been in playoff position right now. Um, they're 7-7. Seven and seven. They're, I believe, second place now in that division. Um, I don't think they're going to pass the, the Cowboys for the division. But holy shit, they, they, they might get there, man. They might get there. They might get to the postseason. Believe it or not, they have an easy remaining schedule. I mean, they still have some... Tough games. They got to go up against Washington in Washington, but I think Washington is still has been struggling recently. Even though they have been playing pretty well before, they were struggling in the last couple weeks. And then the Eagles, they take on the Cowboys to end the year. But come on, they got the Giants next week. I know they lost to the Giants like two, three weeks ago, but 
They should definitely pick up the win this time. They're not going to lose to the Giants twice in one year. I really hope they don't lose to the Giants against so Philadelphia. Please do not lose to the damn fucking Giants next week. Y'all need to win this game more than ever. So, yeah. And then finally, the last game of Week 15, because no teams were on a bye week, and obviously every team has had a bye week um, this season. Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks taking on against the L.A. Rams, and the Rams were able to get the win 20 to 10. Russell Wilson, 17 for 31, 156 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, a rushing touchdown for DJ Dallas. And then for the Rams, Matthew Stafford, 21 for 29, 244 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and two touching, uh, two receiving touchdowns for Cooper Cup. So the Rams, they continue the dominance. They're right now tied for first place in the NFC West. So yes, Depending on the result next week against that Vikings game, the Rams can continue playing. And they're getting closer and closer, man. They're getting closer and closer to getting a division spot. They need to beat the Vikings and they need to beat the Ravens and the 49ers to get there. The Cardinals have been struggling, however, these last couple games. So, yeah, they're on a two-game losing streak. And they've lost three out of the last five games. So yeah, the Cardinals need to uh need to pick things up. But they go up against the Colts who just defeated the Patriots last Saturday, so they definitely got to do something. But uh, right now it's still a very good division between the Rams and the Cardinals. They're both 10 and 4, so things have been looking good so far. And that is it for week 15. That is all the games from Thursday to Saturday to Sunday, the Monday and Tuesday. Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, there was there's obviously no games today, but there will be one game tomorrow. We have the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Tennessee Titans on uh, tomorrow night in Tennessee. Then we have two games on Christmas, the Packers and the Browns and the Colts Cardinals. Then we have majority of the games on Sunday. And then we had Monday night football between the Dolphins and the Saints. So, yes, I am super excited for week 16 three more weeks of the regular season i'll talk about the playoff pictures every team's record and everything all that good stuff and obviously my week 16 predictions tomorrow and i'll see you guys in a bit take care and peace out my friends